0: Mm.
1: Side. He's got Max Danball picked off, he's around Chase with Jared Horstman up to third down the back straight away. And Rich France.
2: The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit. And uh, replace the tire and get back out.
3: Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler, he's going West for Driver, the
4: Hill Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion
5: Ron Allen. This is three-time Dirt Car UMP National Champion Rusty Schlink. And this is
0: Horsepower Happenings.
1: Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Tuesday edition. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday edition. Oh, man, you remember back in uh, 2018, I think it was, that David Melki was coming off turn four, getting ready to pick up the win in a Hell Tour or maybe even been a Dan Soleil Memorial uh, heat race with the ethanol tours. And as he went through the center of turns three, the car slowed down. And as he came off turn four, it kind of started smoking. And as he pulled to the infield, to come into the checkered flag. Somebody else went around him and took the wind. Do you remember that? Does that ring a bell at all? Yes, I remember that. (laughs) Same thing happened to us last night on Horsepower (laughs) Happenings. (laughs) We were five minutes from having this full show done, and catastrophic failure hit the Horsepower Happenings studio. But uh, nonetheless, we've done the engine swap, and we're ready to go. So let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Put one on the board over the weekend for the old guys, Rich. Kevin Harvick grabbed the lead on lap 166 of the 200 lappers Sunday afternoon at Michigan International Speedway. He held off Bubba Wallace in route to the win in his first. Uh, by the way, the win is Harvick's first in 65 races. The victory makes Harvick eligible for the playoffs in a couple of weeks. Ty Gibbs won in Xfinity Series action over the weekend. And Nick Sanchez went to victory lane with the Arca Menard Series. Jonathan Davenport added another piece to his impressive 2022 resume. Superman held off Chris Madden over the final 10 laps to capture the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake Speedway this weekend. Davenport joins Billy Moyer and Jackie Boggs as the only drivers to win the event in back-to-back seasons. How about Cody Swanson? He continued his domination on Saturday at Toledo Speedway, capturing the Raleigh Beale Classic 100 for the USAC Silver Crown Series. Swanson would also send fast time over the event in route to his sixth career win at the Glass City Oval. And finally, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia's Nicholas Noggle took the lead from Brett Robinson on lap 58 in route to winning, stick with me, the Fudge Packer 100 presented by Uranus Fudge Factory. Saturday night at Anderson Speedway with the Jags' CRA All-Stars Tour. And yes, Rich, that is the actual name of the event. And yes, I just wanted to say Fudge Packer <laughs> on Horsepower Happenings.
6: I
2: wanted you to get through that story without laughing so bad, and I knew we didn't have a prayer. We didn't
1: have a chance in <laughs> it happening at all. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Happy Tuesday, sir nice to see you again two <laughs> nights in a row i feel like it's a gift oh man well uh our apologies for those uh, uh, thank you for the messages everybody wondering when's this show gonna drop when are we gonna get our new show yeah i know uh you know our apologies for that it was not what we intended or what we had planned but uh rich it was just kind of the cherry on top of a really big and busy weekend for you and i uh that really had you on the road quite a bit
2: yeah it was a long weekend um I think I tested my limits a little bit this weekend. Um, it, you know, you know it's a problem when the earliest you get back to the hotel is 2.15 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, over a four-day weekend. But, uh, Zach, it was a huge weekend at Merritt Speedway for the 34th Annual Ed Van Dyne and Woodtick and the 5th Annual Dan Slay Memorial. Everything kicked off on Thursday with the Thoroughby Throwdown. That was a 35-lap, $2,000-to-win feature event for drivers who haven't visited Victory Lane in the past couple of years, offering a, and also offering a guaranteed starting spot in the 75-lap dollars win feature event on Saturday. And, Zach, it was Lowell, Indiana's Rich Dawson who came away with the victory. His 12th start in a late model. He was driving modifieds down in Indiana, came up to Woodtick and, and picked up the win, locked himself in. But uh, with Dawson locked in, Friday's action was hot and heavy to attempt to lock in the first eight rows of the marquee event. Chad Finley would kick things off by collecting the $1,000 overall fast qualifier bonus. Uh, Heat race action would see Rich Bell, Finley, Cody Bauer, Travis Stemmler, Ryan Lanfeard, and Devin Moran come home with wins uh, to put them near the front of the 25 lap odd even qualifying features, which would set up the first eight rows. In the odd feature event, it was Jeep Van Wormer charging to the win to lock down the pole position and following a very very happy victory lane celebration i caught up with jeep to debrief his performance well back at the fifth annual dan Soleil memorial as part of the 34th annual Woodtick like that, huh? odd even qualifying races happened tonight and the winner of the odd qualifying race we know where you're going to start jeep van wormer on yeah. the pole tomorrow uh talk about that race yeah no it
3: was uh it was really intense it was a lot of fun um you know We started fourth and and we just got in there and just started racing and, and, you know, just kind of just being really patient, which is really weird for me. And um, so just being patient and just watching what was happening. We got caught the lap cars and stuff like that. And we were both running the bottom at the time. And um, I decided to go to the top, just try and get around those guys. And it worked out and
2: I got to hold on. Kind of lap traffic came into play and helped you. It, it, It kind of hurt Rich Bell a little bit. He was up on the high side, looked like he was running real well. In that event, and a car comes back on the racetrack right in front of him, and he really didn't have a choice but to get out of the throttle. Yeah, yeah.
3: no, and, and that's unfortunate, right? You hate that that somebody goes off the track and does that. And, you know, I hate that for Rich, but you know, we were getting ready to have a nice, uh, nice battle there once we hit lap traffic. So I'm glad it worked out for me. And uh, and when you run in second like that, when lap traffic hits, you get a better opportunity
2: to see really what's going on. We've talked to before at other big events, and we never get a lot of emotion. Out. You're just kind of a calm guy. Where'd the emotion come from when, you, you know, I mean, you told me when we got out of the car, <laughs> but, but you were awfully excited when you jumped out of that race car in victory lane. Yeah, for sure.
3: Um, you know, we haven't been racing as much. Uh, I've got a fabrication shop, and we just haven't to put a lot of our time into that, right? And so we don't get to race as much and, and to come out here and run, run well with these guys that, you know, they've been racing 20, 30, even 60 times already, you know, and, and we've raced, uh, you know, under 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 20. Uh, it feels good,
2: right? Let's talk about tomorrow. You're gonna to lead this field to green. Uh, it's 50 bucks a lap, lap money, which is a whole, which which is a, a, lot. a, a feature anywhere yeah, else, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, how do you play this race leading from the pole?
3: I don't know. I've never started on the pole, to, uh, <laughs> so we'll have to well ponder We'll drink some beer tonight, think about it, and um, I'm sure we'll come up with a plan by tomorrow. Jeep, great job tonight, congratulations. Thank you, appreciate it.
2: Then it was on to the even qualifying feature as Devin Moran made a last corner pass on chad finley in a very exciting race to take the outside pole those last two laps were just amazing i think they both led twice in the last two laps uh, and uh, i caught up with the dresden ohio driver to get his thoughts on the wild finish the merit speedway for the fifth annual dan saleh memorial as part of the 34th annual woodick we're with our winner from the even qualifying race tonight for the late models Devin moran Man, let, first of all, we were talking, and, and I was teasing you a little bit earlier. You said, how does this all work? Well, when you win just about everything you have, fast, fast qualifier in your group, win your heat race, and then we'll talk about those final two laps, but it kind of tells you where you're starting.
7: Yeah, it was definitely a, a good night for sure. This Tytor Gracing Longhorn uh, was dialed in. I, I didn't think we were going to get him there, and then uh, someone went over the hill or whatever happened, and they gave us one last shot, and... Uh, I just got in there and, and pulled a slider, and he tried doing it back, and we crossed over and uh, made for an exciting finish for
2: sure. I think the last two laps, you and Chad each led a couple of times. Yeah. Um, he got, I think, what what did him in it, he, he on the white flag lap, he was on the bottom. He had no choice but to slide it up, yeah. and you just waited on him.
7: Yeah, and, and luckily he hit that rut a little bit, and it got him messed up even worse, and really I think that's what got me by him because it was still super close at the end, but... Uh, Merritt did a great job at the racetrack. Uh, they they kept working on it just a little bit all night, and I felt like it was super racing. And uh, I'm excited for tomorrow.
2: About the racetrack yet? You know, you're you're gonna run tomorrow 75 laps. Whole different deal than these heat races and qualifying races. Yeah. You guys got to work on this race car at all to make it better.
7: Yeah, we definitely do. You know, I, I felt like we had a decent package to start, but our feature package wasn't quite as good as I wanted it to be. So we'll just uh, work on it here, fix some of our problems, and see
2: what we can do tomorrow. The history of the Dan Slay Memorial. Somebody's probably told you already. Uh, really important to the Thoroughbees. Yeah. What's the decision that made you go to here, come here instead of the U.S. Nationals at Cedar Lake? Because the fans are really enjoying you being here and appreciate it.
7: Yeah, you know, it. It seemed like it was going to be a cool event, and on top of that, it pays thirty-four thousand to win. It's about six and a half, seven hours from home, so it's not too super far. So we just. Uh, <laughs> so we just. Uh, thanks, buddy. We just. I don't know, we decided to come here. It's a good track. I've ran good here before, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun.
2: Start on the outside pole tomorrow. Good luck, 75 laps, 34K. We'll see what happens at the Let's end. see how it goes, huh? Thanks, Devin. Thank you, guys. Then it was on to Saturday, and it was all Moran at the drop of the green flag. Moran would maintain his solid lead, but he wasn't the fastest car on the racetrack, Zach. Eric Spangler would drive through the field from his 10th starting position, and on lap 27, drive by Moran to take over the race lead and set sail, and it was all but over from there, even through a rash of late race cautions. Spangler was untouchable and drove away to the $34,000 plus lap money payday. Uh, Moran would come home second, with Ryan Unzicker coming from 20th after having taken a provisional from uh, breaking a drive shaft in his heat race, Uh, and he would lock down the third spot, and once again, I caught up with Devin to talk about his runner-up finish. Well, back in the technical inspection area, waiting on these cars to get cleared and get their tire samples taken, caught up with Devin, Devin Ran, your second place finisher. Man, led the first 26 laps, car got good, and then uh, Spangler come from 10th to 1st and obviously had a very strong car. Anything you had for him?
7: Yeah, no, he did a really good job. We just, I felt like we were on the wrong tire. They. Uh, flooded it and i i guess he came in and pitted and changed tires i don't know we we're allowed to do that but he was really good you know uh he drove from 16 to 6 last night and put himself in a good enough position to where he could, he could win this thing tonight so uh, congrats to him and uh it was fun racing with him and ryan and uh i had a really fun weekend up here
2: you, you had a lot of late cautions that gave you a shot uh you you and ryan had a heck of a battle you, every lap after lap throwing sliders um did it remind you of anything? I mean, it's not like the first. That's the first time that's ever happened between you guys.
7: Yeah, no. I mean, it was just a product of a really good racetrack again. I felt it might have been a little top dominant, but it was really, really racy. And I mean, Ryan came from 20th to third, so obviously you could pass cars. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, this is a, a great event. Um, hopefully, they just keep working on that payout and everything keeps getting better, and they keep building it. And uh, I'd love to come back for sure.
2: So, for all your fans that listen to the show, um, tell us what do you got next up on your schedule that you know.
7: Uh, we're super busy here in the next couple weeks. We go to Florence next week for the north-south. Uh, then we're going to Pennsylvania for three outlaw races. And then we're going to Davenport, Iowa for three outlaw races. And then uh, we've got Attica and Portsmouth, that, that, that Then the World 100. So we we got a busy month ahead of us for sure.
2: Devin, thanks for coming up to Merritt. Uh, we were glad to have you. You performed very well. Congratulations. Second place finish.
1: Hey, thanks. Thanks for having us. So, big night, and uh, what a show for Merritt Speedway. I was glad to be able to get there and catch some of that. You know, I was with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. We're going to talk more about that. But I got there in time to see the final 40 rotations. And, Rich, I got there, and the 27 car was atop the board. And I couldn't believe it. I found you, and I said, how? Uh, Coming from that 10th starting spot again, got moved up due to a mechanical failure, uh, as you mentioned, for Rusty Schleich and went to the front of the field and man, he never looked back. So a great performance by Eric. Uh, now we did, uh, offer to bring him on the show. He respectfully declined. And so, uh, we are, we're happy for him to see him go to victory lane, pick up 34 plus big ones. Uh, I mean, plus all that lap money from the Soleil Memorial. Wow. Just impressive. But, uh, Rich, once he got out front, man, that 27 car was a no doubter.
2: Yeah. I, th- I thought, uh, I thought maybe he was making his move a little bit too early. Um, you know, you got to believe that when you're charging that hard from, you know, mid-pack and, and tr- or third of the way through the pack, they started 28 cars, I think. Um, you know, y- you got to think, man, that early, he's going awful quick. But, uh, man, he had the race car, and that car did not go away. Everybody else kind of did, uh, but he sure didn't. So, uh, man, big shout-out to Eric Spangler. What a big win. Uh, flat-out deserved it, uh, really wasn't in doubt once he got out to the point.
1: Yeah, and it was really cool to see them uh, go back to victory lane, uh, you know, after a couple of struggles, and, and uh, really just to see Eric go to victory lane. You know, he's he's kind of like the Kyle Busch of Merritt Speedway. You know, he, he gets that mixed bag from the grandstands, and in the same token, I think he loves it. So, <laughs> Well, the coolest
2: thing for me, to be honest with you, it, it, I thought it was funny and awesome at the same time, You know, it looked like he was fully in control of that event once he got out front, and he was. I mean, he, uh, Devin, it it was close on the restarts. Devin Moran would, you know, try to do something, but
1: yeah, Devin got to his inside on one restart, and I think you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, Rich. Devin got to his inside on a restart, cleared him going into three as the caution flag came out for an incident in turn one. Uh, Difference maker in the race. eh, I'm not gonna go that far but Devin wasn't able to do it again. So, you know, that's, that says something.
2: Yeah. And probably the most exciting after him taking the lead was, it was victory lane, right? Eric gets up on the roof. I'm, I got the microphone. I'm ready to interview him. And I'm looking up at Eric and he's getting further and further away. (laughs) And that 27 machine rolled out of victory lane and, and and all of a sudden Eric goes into surfer mode, right? He's got, he's got the checkered flag up there and he, he kind of starts balancing. And then, uh, the only thing, the only reason I give didn't give him a ten on the landing is he took an extra step when he jumped off the roof of that <laughs> thing. So, but uh, it, it was it was kind of funny at the same time, and, and they went ahead and did it all over again, and we had a great interview in Victory Lane. So yeah, anyway, congrats to Eric Spangler, big win this weekend.
1: That's right. Now uh, late models weren't the only thing in action over the weekend, Rich. Yeah, Zach, the UMPA modifieds were also in
2: action, and also in one of their All Star Performance Challenge Series events as part of the Woodtick and the Dan Slay Memorial. But this one had the same flavor as we usually see at big events. Jeff Erickson would claim the overall fast qualifier honors and the pole position due to his win in the odd feature. Colin Thurlby would take the even feature to lock down the outside of the front row. But in the 35 lap feature event, it was all Jeffrey Erickson Jr. as he drove away and cruise to another huge win.
1: And on the phone line now we have the winner of the UMP modified feature at the 34th annual Woodtick uh, Big Hall from Muskegon, Michigan. Jeff Erickson, welcome into Horsepower Happenings Night Number Two. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, my man.
4: <laughs> You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me. Uh,
1: let's talk about this uh, Woodtick win. Uh, you know, and we 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 talked about this. You know, Woodtick and and the Dan Slaney Memorial. A lot of focus on UMP late models and that big thirty-four thousand and the lap money and late models, but this is just as big for you in modifieds and uh, you know this is big for you not just because of money. This is big for you in what this event means, right?
4: Yeah, the Dan Clay really means quite a bit to us. I mean, the Thurlby's are very good friends of ours. Dan was a really good friend. I mean, he uh, touched my kids' hearts even. My kids even have stories about him. So, yeah, it's a near and dear thing to my whole family. We uh, love going to that event every year. And Leah puts on a outstanding thing for the mods and late models. So it's a win-win for everyone.
1: And what a weekend this has turned into as well. I mean, Rich left on, I think, Wednesday night or something to get up there Thursday and ready to go for Thursday. Um, this is a long weekend of racing and preparation. It all comes down to a big big show on Saturday. And, Uh, man we put this on the show that you were going to be on this week and people just said how dominant you were all weekend man that car that elite chassis you guys unloaded that thing ready to tear some stuff up and and i mean that in form of going to victory lane that thing has been on point
4: yes it has man uh we were a little off at the very couple first races but me and my brother put our heads together and made a couple little tweaks and yeah, I couldn't be happier with how the car runs. I mean it. I mean, I don't want to sound, you know, dumb or nothing, but it almost drives itself. It's so good right now, and I can't thank my brother and my dad and stuff enough for the countless hours that they put in the garage and, you know, to make it like that.
2: And it hasn't. And it wasn't just this weekend, Jeff. It, I mean, you guys have been on a roll in that event. and and other large events over the past few years. Uh, But you're collecting a lot of hardware and a lot of checks from Merritt Speedway.
4: Uh, Yeah, for some reason, that track and the car and me, we definitely definitely like each other, that's for sure. Uh, I just feel like it kind of suits my driving style and everything kind of rolls right into together for me.
2: Talking about some of the other events, you know, we were, Zach and I both worked for the Ethanol Tours, and, and going back to uh, Berlin on dirt, that that's when I first saw you, and, and I just remember saying, man, where'd this guy come from? Because I hadn't been around dirt racing a whole lot, and you just dominated that, that place as well.
4: Yeah, uh, Berlin was fun. I I mean, I, I definitely wish they'd bring dirt back, because that was, it was a very fun track, and yeah we were very dominant that year with that car, and I don't know what it is, but for you know some reason that car and me and my brother we've all kind of clicked and that's really where the the momentum for us and the big checks and stuff started coming was with all this
1: is that was that the elite chassis that you're running now?
4: yeah, that was the same car that was the first year with it I believe that we had it
1: what what drew you to that? manufacturer or that car specifically
4: uh you know my my brother he's real into it and he just kind of watches all over what's winning what's not you what know do you, what, what do you mean and by that by got... real,
1: real into it jeff tell me about so you drive the car mm-hmm. is your brother just the crew chief does he only turn wrens, wrenches or does he have experience behind the wheel at all
4: well he's he's had a couple chances behind the wheel i mean you know, i wouldn't say they were they ended the greatest for him but uh That was a really long time ago, and no, my uh, brother, he really is into turning the wrenches and doing that part of it and really ain't never asked or even mentioned driving it. He's just kind of always let me, and it's always kind of worked out for us.
1: Well, let's talk about uh, this season specifically. You, Rich, you mentioned battle at Berlin. I'm sorry, <laughs> battle at Berlin. You mentioned uh, Berlin goes dirt, and, and kind of that being the start of where we start seeing Jeffrey Erickson. Well, this season, Jeff, you haven't finished worse than fifth at uh, Merritt Speedway, and throw Thunderbird in there as well. Uh, this has been a really rock solid season for you. When you unload that one e car, I think people are looking your way and going, okay there he is, Jeffrey Erickson, I'm going to have to get around him if I'm going to go to Victory Lane. Do you embrace that? Do you feed off of that? Uh, You know, obviously you don't want to be cocky, or maybe you do, I don't know, Uh, but is there a sense of, yeah, we we might be the car to beat tonight?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely kind of cool, you know, because, I mean, when we all first started, you always want to be that car that everyone looks at, you know, that, oh, man, he showed up, (laughs) you know, but... Did I dream that we would end up being that car and being so dominant? No, not really. I mean, we all work really hard to get there, so I'm not shocked that it has happened. But no, I just going back, you know, seven, eight years ago, with everyone that we race against, it's it's really hard to be dominant around the state of Michigan. I mean, no matter where you go in Michigan, you're going to face four, or five, six cars that could win on any given night at whatever track you go to. So I feel like that's definitely helped push us to be where we are today. And no, man, I, I definitely could dream about being this dominant, but I didn't think that it would ever really happen. No.
2: And you, and you got to believe Jeff, that when you pull in the pit area and you see a Bauer and a thoroughby and a Rocus and I, you know, I can go on, you probably got to say to yourself, well, we got our work cut out for us tonight.
4: Yeah, I, I say the same thing. When I see them guys already there, it's like, well, I know I at least got to beat a couple people. It ain't gonna be no walk in the park. Cause yeah, like I said, everyone that I race against on a weekly basis could could win, you know, a feature any given night. That-
2: is it a is it a coincidence that you have an elite chassis and there's another gentleman that runs one that just kind of stinks up the Hell Tour every year and makes watching <laughs> mod- watching modifieds on the Hell Tour pretty boring?
4: Well, yeah, that's for sure. But you also got to put it, you know, like, that's the guy to beat. So if you want to beat him, you you got to put in your work because he definitely has, you know. And that's kind of what I meant by, you know, really getting into it. When we started looking at a new car, my brother started looking at who was really winning, who, you know, what chassis was doing what. and And my brother just found this one, and that's the one he wanted. So we drove to South Carolina and picked it up. And it's been doing us nothing but good ever since.
2: Yeah, Zach and I have co- covered the Hell Tour for the last couple of years. And and before I do my Hell Tour story every week, I put down Nick Hoffman because it's very few <laughs> times I'm ever going to have to erase it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely it. He's got his car on point, And when you go to the racetrack and you see him, you better have all your ducks in a row.
1: Jeff let's talk about uh, the other racing in your family Uh, you know I can't help but notice when I walk by your pits there's kids running around and having a great time Um, how how much of this for you is is competition and then how much of this is this is what we do on this is what we do as a family this isn't necessarily you know we don't go to the picnics and we don't go on the lake Uh, seems like there's a family aspect in your in your crew as well
4: no that's a hundred percent right i mean without my family doing it every week with me i i don't think i could show up every week i mean it's definitely a family oriented race team for us for sure i mean it if you don't see us at the racetrack we're at a baseball field or you know doing some other activity but yeah when it comes to the racing it's it's a big family thing now and I'm... i wouldn't
1: go ahead go ahead sorry
4: i just i just wouldn't want to have it any other way i it brings a lot more to just going to the racetrack just to win i mean i'm going there to race to have fun having sharing memories with my family i mean it's an all-around great atmosphere for us
1: now how far removed are we from seeing a uh, a little oney a a little oney coming around the racetrack
4: Uh, i mean if if my oldest had it his way, he would already have kicked me out of the racing seat.
1: So, I mean... Now, how old uh, is the oldest? How old is he?
4: The oldest is 13. Oh, so, well, I mean, yeah, he, it's about time. He's definitely... Yeah, he's definitely... He raced the mini-wedges. I mean, so... I mean, I'd imagine you'll probably see another oney mini-wedge here shortly with one of my younger kids. But uh, right now, he we just... We're really... They're really into tribal baseball, and I just feel like... yeah. This time, you know, it's just not quite right for us to be trying to do that too. Already too much going on.
1: So, as a and this is always intriguing for me, uh, you know, is is as a as a parent, and then as a race parent, um, you know, you, you're letting these kids. It sounds like Jeff find what they want to do. You're not saying, well, Dad races. Here's your mini wedge or here's your front wheel drive. Uh, you know, we don't have time for summer league baseball or volleyball or softball or anything like that. Uh, we, we we got race cars to build. I think that's uh, really important that, you know, the, the racing isn't a guaranteed following the footsteps, although I'm sure you'd love them to, you're going to let them, uh, let them choose.
4: Oh yeah. Most sure. And, and like I've always kind of told them, like uh, we got racing and we can do racing our whole entire life. There's only a, so, so many years you can actually go and play travel baseball and rec baseball and, you know, all that other stuff. So it's like, might as well live be a kid experience the stuff that you can only experience once in life and then we can go do the racing right after that
2: you know zach's talking about having a little 1e i want to see that 1e out on the racetrack with maybe a 19x a 6m an m14
4: you know (laughs)
2: anything with letters and numbers when's that going to happen when you going to make that come true
4: man i i wish i could tell you that you know it was going to happen next year but uh Uh, like I said with the baseball and everything going around we kind of just don't really know how much we're going to hit the track and so we're kind of just content you know where we're at right now we're all really having fun and everything's going good so but like I said it's definitely not like it's not been talked about just so then we can kind of race closer to home but yeah if it was me I mean someone wanted to offer me a ride I'd love to get in one that's for sure but as of right now I, it might not be in the cars just yet
2: when uh, how many races are you guys trying to get in a year I, I mean you talk about having doing things with the kids and you know ball games and travel leagues and stuff like that does that that kind i'm assuming that restricts your schedule a little bit but what are you guys shooting for every year
4: i mean it, it would be nice to race 10 12 15 times you know it definitely would the more the better i cuz that it's definitely fun getting in the race car but on a realistic side, I mean, my kids both usually have six to eight baseball tournaments and that's on the weekend. So that's pretty much two and a half months of the summer right out of the way for us. So yeah, we were definitely trying this last, you know, end of the year here. We're going to try to hit it hard and hit some of these bigger shows coming up. So just to get back out there and we all miss racing. I mean, it's, it's fun being at the ball field, but it's a lot more fun, you know, slinging dirt.
1: Jeff, uh, again, Jeffrey Erickson, driver of the 1E, uh, picks up the big win at Merritt Speedway with the Woodtick over the weekend. And, and, Jeffrey, we look to this race kind of in August, and then after that we kind of look around and go, okay, now what? Uh, you know, kind of battle by the bay, maybe at Tri-City. But what about you? What does your schedule look like now as we, as we get into August and We're looking toward the last, you know, eight or so weeks, and that's on the long end, of of racing for the summer.
4: I mean, uh, we definitely got, I mean, Battle of the Bay we're kind of looking at, you know, if if we can. Uh, You got Rolling Thunder up here in Michigan right by my house, and we're definitely kind of looking into doing that. And uh, there's a couple bigger shows down south. You know, you got the Kokomo Clash that we've won once, and I definitely like it, you know go back down there and do that again that's a fun little track and then you got uh the 10 grand to win at Fairbury and me and my brother have always talked about going there so I mean there's definitely a couple of shows coming up here that we all kind of really want to go to if it happens it happens I mean it I'm hoping so but like I said it's kind of you know we'll see where we're at when the weekend comes up and hopefully we can make it
1: we talked to our late model guys quite a bit about running with nationally recognizable competition and when you talk about going down to Kokomo you talk about going to Fairbury and some of those racetracks that really draw in national level competition uh are you thinking about that too like you know we we sure have a shot to go to victory lane but if nothing else We're going to watch these guys and and see what it is that makes them fast everywhere because uh, no knock against our Michigan UMP modified drivers at all. They are some of the best in the business, but Jeffrey, when you race against some of these guys at Kokomo and at Falls, you really are going up against some of the best, not in the region, but really in the entire country who have perfected their craft.
4: No, and that's the exact reason why we want to go. I mean, uh, you really don't know where you stand until you race against the best, so that's why we want to make the trips to some of these bigger shows and, you know, take this confidence that we got and maybe roll it into one of these big shows and see where we really stand with some of these
2: guys. Jeff, you got to enlighten me on something because I honestly don't know where it came from. Talk to me about the black Knight. You kind of had me fooled with the blue car, right? That, that didn't kind (laughs) of, that didn't kind of go with it to me. So I was like, well, no, this car needs to be black. Uh, tell me where the black knight came from.
4: Well, it was, uh, about three years or four years ago, maybe. And we pretty much, we put a wrap on a car and kind of had some people fall off and this and that. And about halfway through the year, me and my brother looked at each other and said, well, we'll just rip the wrap off. So we <laughs> cut around the number and a couple of the main, you know, sponsors that were staying and we ripped the rest of the wrap off. And it was pretty much a all black car with a number one and we ended up going to Plymouth uh that weekend and we went out and I think we got wrecked the first two laps of the heat race on the initial start we got spun out and then the next start we got a flat tire so we had to start in the b feature all the way in the back and I told my brother just to slap a tire on we're going to win and I ended up taking second almost won the b And my buddy Corbin come up to me after the race, after he dropped the window net, and was like, man, you were like the dark knight out there. And (laughs) that's where it it, kind of stuck from there. I mean, it it was just one of them things where he happened to say it, and we're like, you know what, that's kind of cool. And the next year, my brother was kind of making a number with kind of like a knight in it and put under it the dark knight.
1: Wow, and the rest, as they say, is history, uh, Jeffrey. It, what, yeah, what a big win for you at the Woodtick! Uh, is this is this the biggest win of your career so far? I I
4: mean, yeah, to make it three in a row at Woodtick is it's that one and probably the Kokomo Clash. I wow. mean, them are definitely the ones that are probably the biggest.
1: So three in a row. Do they? still i mean do they taste any sweeter (laughs) i mean do they do they get better as as the time goes it's
4: it's definitely kind of nice that your name's going to be on there three years in a row that's for sure i mean that's definitely not something that ain't cool but i mean not necessarily making them any sweeter but it's just it's the dan saley memorial race like i said dan and leah and all the thoroughbys and just everyone that makes that so possible just means so much to us it's there, are our racing family. So it's like to go there and to support them is awesome. And then to actually bring home some hardware and a big old Dan check to hang on our wall. There's really no better feeling.
2: Jeff, you talk about your family being involved in the people that help you down in the pit area. But uh, you do have graphics on that car with people that help you out. Now's your chance to give the sponsors that uh, that get you down the road a shout out.
4: Yeah, Salon One, Hair and Nail Care bham graphics uh a manufacturing s enterprises uh varney's automotive and elite chassis
1: jeffrey man uh congratulations again uh, on behalf of rich and i and horsepower happenings nicely done what a dominating performance get out front of that race early lead 35 big ones and park it down in victory lane uh really really awesome awesome showing for you and i um, happy for you to get back to victory lane. And, and I do want to say thank you again for joining us two nights in a row for horsepower. Happenings. <laughs> uh, we really do appreciate Hell
4: that. Yeah. yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me.
2: And Zach, before we move on, uh, I need to give a big shout out to a few people. Uh, you know, like we said, it was a long weekend at Merritt, but, but I need to thank uh, Brandon Thurlby, his race team, Jeff and Chad Finley uh, and their family. These are just first-class folks for their hospitality when, a, you know, a Gatorade, a water, a sandwich, something to eat, they, they all just said, help yourself. And, and I really want to thank all of them. Uh, and a huge thank you to Leah Soleil as well, uh, and the 5th Annual Dan Soleil Memorial for bringing us on board for the event. Uh, they really wanted us there, and we made it all happen. And, and also Mike Blackmere for having us at the 34th Annual Wood Tick. I got to talk to Mike a couple of times this weekend, and, and he was real excited to have us there, and we were excited to be there as well. And, uh, and they let us, whatever we needed to do, whatever we needed to get, they said, just go do it. Don't worry about it. And then also uh, also the team at Flow Racing that we worked with, uh, Roger Williams, Brian Osborne. Brian showed up on Saturday. Nice to see him. Just had a great time. So thank you, everyone. It was really a great weekend. And, Zach, we even found a way somehow with all both of our schedules to get us both on the same property for even a little bit.
1: Yeah, week. it was wild. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing is – Sometimes the perfect plan comes together because while you were gallivanting around Merritt Speedway, I was on the road to Mount Pleasant Speedway with the Great Lakes Super Sprints presented by Engine Pro and ARP. They unloaded at Mount Pleasant for the first time since 2019. The night started with the Ohio gas man, Phil Gressman, blistering the Mount Pleasant Speedway track record. He went in at a 12.748 second lap. Now, Rich, that was nearly half a second faster than Brad Lamberson's time who clocked in second quick. So, Gressman getting after it from Mount Pleasant. Now, for the feature, he led the field to green alongside Dustin Daggett ahead of the scheduled 25-lap main event. The field was quickly brought to a halt just eight laps in when Eli Lakin spun and flipped off the top of turns three and four. Lakin is reported to be dealing with some slight concussion symptoms but is otherwise okay. The race resumed momentarily but was halted again when Ryan Rule launched off the third and fourth turn. He barrel-rolled into the tree line. He was okay. Okay. The race got back underway, and Phil Gressman continued his dominance at the front, leading every rotation in route to the win. The victory was his first since August of 2019. Rich, that snaps a nearly three-year to-the-day winless streak for Gressman, and I had a chance to catch up with him after the event uh, on Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon after a fun Friday night at Mount Pleasant catching up with Phil Gressman and uh obviously last night a dominating performance for you at Mount Pleasant. I want to talk to you about you know you've won a lot of races in your career you've won championships in your career but to snap that drought is that different than anything else you've ever done? Well yeah we we struggled we've struggled uh you know
0: we had some some success we changed changed some cars around and ever since we did we just we just haven't been able to grasp what was good for me and uh, and Marshall and uh, places that he's been in uh, his career so we feel like we've gained on it here uh, this year and uh, our finishes have been better we just but we still couldn't just crack off a win we knew that we, we just kept inching towards it uh, we, we'd get there uh, last night we got there and we feel like we're in a good place well you know, we're at another new racetrack uh, one I've never been at um,
1: just eager to get going and see how we stack up today yeah you know this season you've cracked off some fast qualifier awards some heat race wins and like you said the speed has been there which is encouraging for somebody like you like you said now you build on that uh and you look forward now you got to try I think to manage expectations moving forward Uh, our expectations
0: are always high I I only expect uh, to win and uh, when I leave home that's that's just what it's all about and uh, anybody that doesn't just kidding themselves for what it cost and to go up and down the road and what these things cost to run at the racetrack and we set high expectations you know and and it's it's all about winning so when we're not you know we're not happy and we're you get to struggling and sometimes you, you get out there and you can't get back so uh, hopefully we've we've gained on I hope we feel like we're in a good spot way better spot than what we have been and we're just going to keep working and uh and keep trying
1: to get this thing a little bit better Phil for those who weren't there i want you to take a second and uh, talk to me about this team talk to me about some of these people on this race car who got you down to victory lane well uh my son's come along
0: this year um he's been a a huge asset to you know i'm pretty fussy and I probably get a little cantankerous at, at the racetrack because I expect perfection. They want that out of me, and I expect it out of them. And sure. uh, so, um, everybody, uh, Jim and Steve, have been with me for for two years, and uh, they meet us in Florida every year. And it's, so, it's a good combination. But you know, we kind of wanted to win for them as bad as they did. We did for myself. So um, they've stuck with us. Marshall, he works his tail off, and it just gives everybody a, a boost of energy to know that you know things up to speed everybody feels good about it to win a race for them guys is uh was huge so my grandsons were there last night they've been
1: how cool is that
0: yeah that's probably top of the list to be honest you know uh we've we've go-karted our the boys and i started go-karting and they they still horse around with some of that and for them to start going and you know they're they're inching. they want to they want to Deal wing dance too so uh, it was huge for me and they've got plans for me on the next one so uh, so yeah those guys are those those two are top of the list so I was glad it
1: could happen while they were there Phil congratulations man it was really cool to see you go to victory lane. Thanks a lot. Then on Saturday the Great Lakes Super Sprints took on Silver Bullet Speedway in Owendale Keith Shefford Jr. started the night as the fast qualifier laying down a 13.711 second lap time. Uh, of course if uh, you're somebody who likes the Johnny Gibson, new track record. You can say that because it's an inaugural visit for the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Now for the feature, Max Stambaugh, who came into the night as the new championship points leader, took advantage of his best starting spot of the year and dominated the 25-lap main event. He held off Lamberson and a hard-charging Phil Grassman to collect his first win of the season, so I caught up with him post-race back at the hauler. Silver Bullet Speedway, if you'd have told me that's where Max Stambaugh in August will get his first win of the season with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, I'd have probably laughed at your face. He probably would have said some co- some uh, colorful words at you as well, but that's reality, Max. Your first feature win with Smith Motorsports and Great Lakes Super Sprints comes tonight. Silver Bullet Speedway, but it comes in a dominating fashion, leading all 25 laps. Take me through it yeah you know uh, i think we put ourselves
5: where we needed to be all night um we've really been struggling lately like i told you earlier and um, these guys don't give up and i don't give up either and uh, i think it really showed this weekend and uh you know i think it's crunch time now and you know we keep building off what we're doing now and, and uh keep racing
1: you know the thing about it is we say oh you haven't won yet max you haven't won well uh, to the haters. You're the new points leader leaving the weekend with a Great Lakes Super Sprints.
5: Yeah, you know, and me and Steve talk about it all the time. I'm coming off a good year. He's coming off a good year. Um, we're not winning all the time, but we're very consistent. So I feel like if we keep putting ourselves where we need to be, uh, you know, it'll pay off in the long
1: run. Now let's talk about that because you're not typically a points guy. You like to win, you know, you like to win races. You like to go to victory lane. Steve likes to win races. He likes to go to victory lane. How important was getting this done finally?
5: I think it was, you know, our redraw skills have really sucked so uh to get a one tonight and uh you know this track was in really good shape you know i uh didn't really have that much uh you know excitement to come here tonight to be honest but uh hats off to the track crew and uh you know barry for getting this race uh booked and it uh actually
1: ended up being a really good race you are now the points leader. We've got a couple handful of races left, some familiars, some places uh, that you have been to a lot and you've had really good success at. Dustin Daggett, eight points on your heels, leaving tonight. Uh, this, is kind of, this is kind of, I think, for me as a race fan, redemption for last year, uh, where you had a really good points battle with Ryan Rule. Things happened and we, all, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Now we have a really great points battle between you and Dustin and you guys race together really well. Well, the good thing about Dustin, he's a
5: good, hard, clean racer. So, uh, you know, me, Dustin, and, uh, you know, Gressman's up in there too. So uh, Gressman's uh, been doing this for a long time. Uh, Daggett has too. Um, I think we all know what we need to do. Maybe not win every night, but like I said, you know, if you're, if you're running third, sometimes you got to settle for third. So it's going to get interesting. Um, we're going to keep digging and uh, get the, you know, keep doing some homework and getting better.
1: That, in your hand, has to taste a lot better tonight.
5: Yeah, you know, me and Steve said we're not going to do no beer August, so I guess I'm drinking a uh, Monaco tonight.
1: (laughs) That'll do. He's your winner here tonight from Silver Bullet Speedway, Max Stambaugh. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Rich, as we get ready to take a look ahead, we mention a big show that's coming up now just 24 hours (laughs) from the time of this show uh, because it's Wednesday night midweek racing at Berlin Raceway. Tell me about it.
2: Yeah, Zach, uh, you know, I, I wish one of us could get there. That would that I would know. be so cool. But it's just, I mean, mid, midweek and, and on my golf night, you know, not like I'm, I'm third in the golf standings, so it's not like we, I, I can take the night off. But uh, the Battle of Berlin 250, $30,000 to the winner tomorrow night at the Berlin Raceway. Zach, let's just start out with these notable entries. And these are just notables. This isn't even half the field. Yeah, William Byron. Carson Hosovar, Ty Majeski, Eric Jones, Derek Griffith, all NASCAR starts in 2022. Then let's get on to some of the best super late model drivers in the country. Bubba Pollard, Preston Peltier, Kyle Crump, Brian Campbell, Tyler Roerig, Brian Bergacre, among the rest of the field that runs at Berlin on a weekly basis uh, and have won features. Zach, you
1: you handicapped this thing because I just have no idea. Now, we were told over the weekend that listeners do take to heart what you and I predict for these events. So I want to say practice is ongoing at the time of this recording, and I am, have not looked at the speed charts. Here's my phone. Race monitor is not open. You can see that. Uh, There's your (laughs) rich, rich. He's like, Oh, that's a good idea. Let me go to race monitor. Um, (laughs) But I'll I'll say the same thing that I said during last night's program. And uh, I'm going to continue to say the same thing because I know, I think I know what you're going to do with this information. Brian Campbell he went to Lucas Oil IRP, Rich showing me that he's opened the Race Monitor mobile app with uh, live timing and scoring. But uh, Brian Campbell went to Lucas Oil IRP two weeks ago, Rich, and he finished third. And when he climbed onto that race car, he was as happy as I've seen him, uh, even after getting a technical JEGS win at Berlin during, uh, you know, the, the the pro late model and super late model combo event there. He wasn't real thrilled about finishing second. But third, that guy had a smile on his face And he was lit up uh, and happy with the performance that he had just had, finishing behind William Byron and Eric Jones. Uh, Rich, I think you're going to want to keep an eye on that 47 machine tomorrow at Berlin. Well,
2: I don't know about that. Looking at this scoring monitor, <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm looking at for the night. So you know what? We can't be any more live than this tonight, right? That's we're right. This, we're this close. So let's go through tonight. There's six minutes left in practice. Okay.
1: Uh, top of the board at a sixteen point. Wait. Eight. Let me let me say before you say that sixteen point one nine eight. Let me say, and I said this last night, and hopefully you'll vouch for me. Although I said watch Brian Campbell, I also said Eric Jones told me in victory lane. That he was happy to just get back to victory lane in something. And I think this may be a ploy or a a strategic move by Petty GMS Racing to get Jones back in something where he can remember what it feels like to win and see if that improves his performance on Sunday. In last night's show, Rich, I talked highly of Brian Campbell, but I said I'm putting my money on the number four machine to go to Victory Lane at Berlin Raceway. And just because I know that you won't tell the people what you said last night, you did pick the 47 of Brian Campbell to go to Victory Lane as of last night's show. I
2: did, but I had to sleep on it.
1: (laughs) Oh, here we go. (laughs) All right, tell us what the speed charts say.
2: Let's just go through the top five. So, uh, currently with a little over four minutes left in the practice session, which was a three-hour practice session, 16.198, the 71 of Carson Hosevar. Okay. Number sitting in second at a 16.244, the 131 of Kyle Crump. Here's a shocker. We didn't even think of this guy. At a 16.272, the number 20 of Austin Hall. Wow. Boy, he came from somewhere. Uh, Fourth, with a 16.293, the 24 of William Byron. And rounding out your top five, the gentleman we're going to speak to in just a couple of minutes here, the number 22 of Evan Schotko at a 16.295. That's your current top five in practice today at Berlin.
1: Well, kind of feeling a little egg on the face uh, after making those strong predictions and you going through the practice charts. But, uh, Rich, I think the thing to remember is As our buddy Matt Prier would say, and many, many, many before him and alongside of him, Rich, we're talking about practice. So, what are we actually talking about?
2: We're talking about practice because practice, Evan Shotko just shot up to second quick.
1: Oh, man. At at the end of practice, (laughs) with
2: three minutes to go, Shotko goes 16 2 1 2, right behind the 16 1 9 8 for Hosovar. Now, Griffith, these guys are putting tires on. Griffith just went, Derek Griffith just went to second quick. At a sixteen point two one one, this is live horsepower happenings. Better than you can ever get it. They're all throwing tires on late to try to put their car at the top of the board. Uh, but like I say, I and, and, never. And,
1: and another one just—I just saw another. Uh...
2: Derek Griffith at the top of the board over Carson Hosovar, sixteen one seven three. I never vote against Derek Griffith ever, ever, ever. <laughs> all right, not enough. <laughs> it, it's tough. I mean, these get. This is going to be a shoot. You you can you you can show you know run these pretty laps with, with sticker tires on and, and see how you run. But, uh, man, 250 laps at the Berlin Wasteway, a whole different story, Zach. Um, we're just going to have to see. I, I I It would be a pure guess to just pick somebody out of this group who we think's going to win.
1: Kyle Crump, if you're in your uh, bedroom tonight and you're listening to the show, uh, I forgot you were on the entry list, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but my pick remains the same. Uh, Eric Jones, victory lane tomorrow night.
2: If I if I was there on property, I would pick Kyle Crump because he never loses when I'm there. Is that right? Oh, we got to we got to do. Oh, the, he's like no, he lo- he lost the last time at Birch Run, so we're Kyle Crump and I are like eight and one. Okay,
1: With that, that's a pretty good record. That's a pretty darn good record,
2: you know. And Zach, uh, now we have the young man who's going for the weekly double this week, and we got him from the pit area at Berlin Raceway following the practice session this evening. He picked up the big win along with a cool $10,000 this weekend at the Motor Mountain Masters at Jennerstown Speedway. Berlin is obviously up next tomorrow. He calls Coopersville home. Evan Shako welcome into Horsepower Happenings.
6: Hi, thank you guys for having me.
2: All right, first of all, because uh, we got to talk about the stuff that's most important. What a run this weekend. $10,000 at Jennerstown. Uh, not a bad way to uh, to end up in victory lane going into a big event like Berlin
6: yeah we uh, we've had a lot of bad luck traveling and stuff so it was nice to uh, shake that monkey off our back and, and beat some of the best guys in the business you know and you know our, our cars had a lot of speed lately um, I'm just glad that we were finally able to show it uh, at somewhere other than Berlin
2: <laughs> a lot a lot of guys were trying to make decisions uh, I was noticing on social media they're gonna go not go because there was weather issues and the threat of weather and they didn't know how much racing they were going to get in Um did you guys ever think about not going?
6: Yeah, a hundred percent. I honestly, we weren't going to go. Um, but one of our sponsors, Jansen service, they, um, they ended up, uh, filling our, our semi up with, with diesel for us. Um, and that, that obviously helped out a ton, uh, and made the, the risk a little bit less, you know? So we, uh, we felt, like we needed to go we felt like if we didn't go um they were gonna race uh and we really wanted to go in and try and win that race you know um we've always had decent speed there as we've never finished before um so we felt pretty confident going into it you know and um i'm just i'm really glad we we didn't decide to stay home
1: let's talk about that event uh ten thousand dollars on the line uh, big, big race scheduled 150 lapper was the scheduled distance. Now <clears throat> with the weather in the area, uh, obviously, you know, you, you, you hit the invert perfect on quali- qualifying, you lead the field to green. And, uh, Evan, we did kind of talk about this last night, but, you know, reiterate for us or, or tell us again, again, you're looking at weather and you're wondering, does that play into your strategy at all? Uh, but you were saying you guys actually thought you were going to be able to get all 150 laps in.
6: Yeah. I, uh, I honestly had no idea that rain was so close. We, um, uh, we looked at the weather before um, and we were supposed to get another range from around 11 or 12 at night. So we thought we were all set. We, uh, we thought we'd get all 150 laps in. So um, we, were, we were in tire conservation mode um, and I was kind of, in my head, you know, my spotter is telling me where everybody is behind me. And I'm like, why are these guys pushing so hard? You know, I'm just kind of riding around, but you know, I can tell that they're pushing um, and it kind of explains why none of us knew that there was rain coming with it being halfway, you know, over halfway, whoever was leading when the rain came was going to win the race. And we had no idea.
1: Let's talk about uh, the, the, the mid race break. Uh, you guys all get a chance to go down pit road. Everybody goes up on jack stands. Uh, changes are being made to the race car. And, and uh, you know, Rich, we've talked about this. I always wonder when you're the guy who's led since the drop of the green flag, you go down pit road and you say, okay, we, we, <laughs> we're we the car to beat. Do we touch anything? But then, you know, all those guys behind you are making adjustments to try to figure out how to beat you. What do you do with that mid-race break at this point?
6: Yeah, so we um – um. You know the, the car was spot on, but um, as the you know the, the sun keeps going down, it gets a little cooler, a little dewier. You got to kind of um think ahead a little bit, like you know, your car is good now, but how's it going to be you know 30 laps from now when it's a little cooler and a little dewier, like I said? Um, so we kind of just made a, a couple of small tweaks here and there, and it, it worked out perfectly everything the stars just aligned um everything worked out awesome you know and and
2: and evan you've been fast around berlin but it's got to be feel huge uh for you your confidence and your race team to be able to go out on the road to a place like jennerstown with a solid field and pick up a win uh when that's got to do wonders for your confidence tomorrow night
6: yeah 100 percent um you know, those pit stop races aren't, aren't easy. Um, so to be able to go and, and win a traveling race um, against guys like that with also a pit stop is a pretty, a pretty big deal. We don't, you know, we don't do a lot of races with pit stops. So uh, I felt like it kind of helped me for tomorrow night, you know, some of my, my strategy stuff. Obviously, it's different. It's a different track and all that. Um, but I feel like it was a good a good warm up for the 250, if you could call it that. You know, for not only myself but my team as well.
1: And you know, again, another question we asked you last night, but nobody's heard. Um, you know, you mentioned going and showing your dominance or showing your competitiveness somewhere that was not Berlin Raceway. Um, you know, on that side of things, to be able to go somewhere and say, gosh darn it, I'm Evan Shotko and I'm not a one-trick pony. You better watch this 22 machine. Uh, you know, obviously you're coming back to Berlin, but feeding off of that, riding that excitement, and now everybody's going to say, I'm wondering if they are. Uh, look out for Evan Shotko, man. He just put 10K in his back pocket, and now we're playing in his backyard. Does that give you, again, like Rich said, another boost of just, yeah, gosh darn it, I'm Evan Shotko.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely definitely helps you know but I don't mind being the the underdog going into a race you know I I think that today we had a fantastic race car um, longevity wise and all that and I do think that there's some attention on us but realistically uh, even though we've had a a great last month and a half of racing we we still are the underdogs against William Byron, Ty Majeski, you know people like that they are they're the best in the business. So Evan Shotko is just a drop in the bucket, you know.
2: So we were able to do this show live during practice. So for tonight, for tomorrow's Battle at Berlin 250, I had the final practice results in my hand, Evan. Third quick for the 22 machine, four one-hundredths of a second behind fast time for the day, Derek Griffith, Carson Hosovar in the 71, sandwich between you guys. Man, um, is this going to be tough or what?
6: Yeah, it's going to be extremely tough, but one of the things that um, makes me feel a little more confident, even though I'm third, is we, we didn't put tires on today, so um, I think there's a little bit of time in tire, um, but man, it's still going to be tough. These guys are, are really good. The, the track was incredibly slick today. I've honest, I've never felt anything like it, um, and everybody up in our pit row is kind of scratching their head because... Uh, we should be going faster than what we are right now, but the the track has just gone through some sort of change. Uh, and and I don't think that we've all figured it out yet.
2: Now I did notice, and maybe you can tell me if this was a conscious effort or how it just worked out that way. But, uh, it looks like only one other driver turned more laps than you this evening and you turned 69 laps. Uh, was that the goal to turn that many laps or did it just work out that way?
6: Yeah, we are loaded really close today we were just kind of working on uh, some long-run stuff you know I, I hate to put that many laps on our car but um, you know I, I'm really hoping it pays off tomorrow on lap 250 uh, I think we have a fantastic car longevity wise I, I think we're I think we're lacking a little bit in the short run stuff but um, I don't I really don't think there's a car here that's faster on lap 10 to 15 so uh just hoping that we don't get a a caution tomorrow with five laps to go or something Uh, as long as we can have a good long run at the end of the race i think we'll be all right
1: evan you mentioned to us yesterday during when we were talking about your jennerstown race and i think it is intriguing and and is important to note as we head into this big race the 251 or uh, at berlin that you know you're kind of calling the shots for yourself within that 22 machine. What I mean by that is there's not a crew chief necessarily or someone with that title of crew chief on the box for you. Is that right?
6: Yeah, that's correct. I I gotta um, call my own race, and, and sometimes it, it works out good, and other times it works out terrible. Uh, I, I made a, a really really bad call uh, this winter in, in uh, Alabama. This is a pit stop race. And, and as a driver, you know, when you're on the racetrack, you're, you're focused on racing, you know, trying to win the race. And then as soon as the caution flies, well, now I got to be immediately thinking about changes to do strategy, all this stuff. There's just so much going through my head. It, it's really easy to, to miss something or mess something up. Um, but then, then again, other times it works out really well. Like at Jenner's town Um, I was able to know exactly what the car needed uh, and adjust to it and adjust to the weather a little bit, and the car was spot on. So every once in a while, I'll I'll drop the ball, but other times I feel it's an advantage. I think it kind of equals itself out.
1: Evan, explain to me, uh, really, I don't know, and, and then so I'm guessing our listeners don't quite understand it. How does that happen, and why does that happen? In so many tiers of our sport where spotters and pit stops happen with these template late models, there is somebody on the box who's calling the shots. How, how does that happen for you, Evan, that you become your own crew chief? And, and it sounds like you prefer it that way. And then the other side of that is, uh, you know, do you expect it to ever change where there is somebody? Do you do you trust anybody to call a race as good as you?
6: Yeah, I, um, I uh, you know, I don't we, – we're, we're budget racers. Um, we, we can't afford to have somebody up on the box. You know, that's it, not – having a crew chief isn't free. Uh, a lot of people think it's volunteer stuff, but a lot of these crew chiefs are, are getting paid a thousand dollars a day to work on a race car. I and mean, sure. we, we can't afford that, you know? Um, so it's kind of something that I've had uh, to learn over time. Um, I, I feel sometimes it's an advantage. Other times it's a disadvantage. Um, but I don't really see us being able to, to hire a crew chief anytime in the near future. Uh, to me, that $1,000 could be spent in in a much better place than hiring somebody for, for one day, you know?
2: So I don't, I don't want to talk to Evan Shotko, the race car driver. Anybody who knows this show knows that I'm a gambler. So let me talk to the crew chief crew chief. What do I got to do to take Zach's money tomorrow at Berlin? (laughs) Cut on the 22.
6: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, um, I'll be honest with you. If I was a betting man, I think it'd be hard to hard to bet against a car that's sitting outside our trailer right now. But a, a million things could happen between lap one and lap 250. There, there's 10 cars in this field that I could win the race. Um, but I feel i pretty I feel pretty confident about tomorrow. Uh, we just got to make sure we don't beat ourselves. I think that'll be the biggest thing. As long as our our pit stop goes well. I hit the the right adjustments. Um, I keep the fenders on it, all that stuff. I think we'll be there in the end.
1: Do you have uh, Do you have those bobblehead conversations with yourself inside the race car, Evan? You talk about when a caution comes out. You you almost uh, proverbially take the he- helmet off and put the headset on. Do you have to tell yourself, "All right, Evan. Uh, you know you're you're in third place. You got 150 laps to go." Uh, you know, keep the fenders on it, you're pushing too hard, like, are you having those conversations with yourself inside the race car?
6: Yeah, I, I mean, here and there, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say conversations, but, um, you know, if I do get a uh, a time where I'm, I'm kind of in a, a nice little gap, um, I am strategizing, I am planning adjustments, uh, things like that, putting everything in place, I, I'm not I'm not, for some reason, I can't talk on the radio and drive at the same time. So oh, I'm not really? communicating with my team. Yeah, I'm not very good at that. Anytime I talk on the radio, I slow down about a tenth. So my team wow. told me, just keep it in your own head until the caution comes out. So, <laughs> um, I, uh, You know, I'm kind of thinking about it as we go, but like I said, earlier i think that's where the the disadvantage comes in of being your own crew chief because realistically i shouldn't be focusing on what adjustments to make and strategy and things like that i should be driving the race car and that's it um but it's kind of just something i've had to overcome and i think that uh as i've grown a little bit older i've become a little better at it
2: now okay so i think you've made my decision for me we we have a it's a running joke on, on horsepower happenings that I have a love fest for Bubba Pollard. I'm not going to admit to that. OK, I'll, I'll never admit to that. But um, I think listening to you tonight, Evan, um, between the driver and listening to everything the crew chief has to say, I think I'm Zach. I think I'm taking the 22 tomorrow. I'm sticking with it.
1: <laughs> All right. OK. Uh, I'm not going to let you throw me under the bus. Evan will have to listen to the show to hear who I picked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <perfect. laughs> now, uh, Evan, I do want to talk to you here. I know you got to get going uh, again as you are at Berlin tonight, but uh, I do want to ask you about, there's more than just the number 22 on the side of that race car. There's also a number seven on the side of it as part of that, uh, Kawiki driver development program. What a cool program that was announced earlier this spring. And you guys kind of roll the dice. I guess, you know, maybe it's not a big roll of the dice, but you apply for that program. You guys get accepted. And that number seven remains on that car right now through August. And uh, this is a sweet program and an opportunity for you guys to really potentially cash in on some cash at the end of the year. Tell the listeners about that, kind of how you got involved in it and how it's going for you.
6: Yeah, we... Uh we applied for it uh, before the beginning of the race season. And, and we were lucky enough to make it in the top seven, which is a, a really huge honor. Um, there's not a lot of people that make it into this. Um, and and it, it's based off of not only your on-track performance, um, but you're also scored on your off-track, uh, you know, off the racetrack track performance, as far as, you know, like your social media stuff. Um, and then like giving back to the community and things like that. So. Uh, there's a grand grand prize at the end of the year of fifty thousand dollars or something right around there. In um, uh, you know that's a that's a big deal, a lot of money. But um, you know it's also this program has really helped me. I feel become a better person off the racetrack. Um, you know just trying to I, I don't know they, they kind of help you realize what what you really have. Um, you know, I've been truly blessed throughout my entire life, even be involved in this sport. Um, so, you know, giving back to the community is something that I really should be doing. Um, and they kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone, if you will, um, and, and got me doing more of that stuff. Uh, doing some more social media stuff. Cause I'm not a social media person, um, but it's kind of got me you know, kind of more in the, the racing scene. It's, it's helped me get some sponsors and things like that. So uh, not only the grand prize is cool, but it's kind of cool how they've helped me along the way
1: become a better person. Evan, what a cool accomplishment for you to uh, pick up this win at Jennerstown Speedway. Quick in the speed charts today inside the top five on your lap times. And, and man, uh, looking forward to tomorrow. Unfortunately, Rich and I can't be there, but, uh, I, I don't tell my wife, but I think I'm gonna hit up the Flow Racing subscription, and uh, we're gonna be able to watch this one from the comfort of our own home. Uh, so, Evan, good luck, double down on the week, man, and and hopefully uh, we'll see you in victory lane.
6: Yeah, well, sounds good. Thank you very much,
2: Zach. Uh, so, so we're gonna have to wait till tomorrow to find out uh, how everything shakes out at the Berlin Raceway for the Battle at Berlin 250. But we've had other winners this past weekend. And let's, let's see uh, if we can give a couple of these guys a shout-out. Ron Allen picked up another late-model sportsman win at Toledo on Saturday in, uh, as part of the Raleigh Beale Classic that was done at Toledo Speedway. Matt Kemp went back to Taco Bell again, Zach. How about that? On Friday night after picking up the win at Flat Rock for the MCR Dwarf Cars. And if you need to know what that means, go back to listen to his interview in Episode 21 – on June 27th, in our past shows at HorsepowerHappenings.com, you'll you'll uh, we explain everything about what taking a visit to Taco Bell means. For Matt
1: Kemp. I got to tell you, too, if a Taco Bell executive happens to be listening to the show, every time Matt Kemp posts one of those freaking pictures on Facebook, I feel the need to go get a Taco Supreme. So it's working. Give the kids some money.
2: <laughs> We're going to give Matt Kemp the Taco Bell sponsorship before you know it. I'm you telling want. you. We're going to
1: keep working on I'm it. I'm telling you. Give me that crunch wrap, kid. All right, to other winners from the weekend. How about this? Logan Easterday, does that name ring a bell? Maybe if you're a fan of the Great Lakes Super Sprints or you're a regular at Butler Motor Speedway. Back a couple, three, four years ago, Logan Easterday was a champion in front-wheel drive racing at Butler and at I-96. Feature wins all the time. Had the front-wheel drives figured out, Rich. And so, natural progression of race cars. You figure out front-wheel drives. What do you do? That's right. Right to sprint cars. No street stocks. No modifieds. Sprint cars, baby. And that's exactly what he did. Everybody thought he was nuts. But, man, he figured it out. Last Saturday night. First career sprint car win, Butler Motor Speedway, the place he gets it done. Logan Easterday, congratulations, man. Nicely done. And speaking of first-timers, how about Robbie Johnson? His first win of 2022 came at Birch Run Speedway. Nicely done. Friday night, Robbie Johnson goes to Victory Lane. Rich, uh, let's take a look now at the upcoming calendar for this coming weekend as we talked about big race starting tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, Berlin Raceway, Battle at Berlin 250. Um, we, we know what was going on tonight. We, we just talked to Evan Schotko during the one-hour autograph session that they were having down in the pit area. But tomorrow is where, when it gets hot and heavy. Limited late models will also be in action tomorrow night at the Berlin Raceway. Gates open at 1 o'clock. First racing action tomorrow starts at 6.30. And uh, also coming up this weekend, Zach, at the Birch Run Speedway, reveal the Hammer returns on Friday. The Dixie Classic 100 for the Outlaw Super Late Models. Street Stocks, Pure Stocks, Sportsman, Sport Compacts, American Trucks also in action. They'll open the gates at 5 o'clock at Run Speedway. First green flag at 7.30
1: on Friday. Am I reading this right? It is one of the biggest pavement modified shows of the year this weekend? Yeah, we'd, we didn't do the preview earlier in the show on this one. How did we? I, this thing snuck up on me. It did sneak up on us. It sure did. $10,024 to win, $1,000 to start Friday and Saturday, Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway for the Hot Shoe 100. Gates at 4 on Friday night with modified practice from 4 until 8 p.m. There's a pit party scheduled to follow. Then on Saturday, the Hot Shoe 100 takes place. Gates at 2, racing at 6.45 at Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway for the Hot Shoe 100. Then on Friday night, uh, if you're not going to the pit party, I invite you to come on out to Hartford Speedway for the Great Lake Super Sprints. This is a rain makeup date if you're thinking you're looking at your calendar. Now, wait a minute. This is a rain reschedule for the Great Lake Super Sprints. So come on out Friday. Gates at 5, racing at 7.30. The Great Lake Super Sprints will race alongside modified stock cars, cyber stocks, and HP Cybers and Rich you remember last year with the Great Lake Super Sprints, Ryan Rule and Max Stambaugh were knotted up in a battle that uh, was for the points championship that would go from about 4 to 12 points difference depending on the night? We've got it again. Max Stambaugh, Dustin Daggett, they leave Silver Bullet at Speedway. Eight points separate those two drivers as we head to Hartford. I love it. Boy, Danny
2: Sam's a third kind of figuring um – Man, what could have been maybe, right? He, he came out to such a strong start, and he just had no luck in the past several weeks. Well, has he? I, mean, y-
1: y- I talked to him uh, Saturday at Silver Bullet Speedway, and I just kind of, you know, I walked up to him. He goes, hey, I said, how's it going? He said, not great. And I said, yeah, what, what is going on? he goes, man, we changed every part on this race car after we wrecked at Fremont, and it's just not the same car. We just cannot figure out what is different, what is wrong. The car is, doesn't seem to be bent. It's just not the same thing and uh, so they're chasing right now in that 24d they're not out of it uh you know it's max it's daggett it's uh it's danny sams and phil gressman is right there now it's a four-way race but man it's really tight between stambaugh and daggett and i gotta tell you i'm a sucker for a good points battle that comes right down to the line i'm gonna bring my calculator every week and uh we'll keep you up to date on how it goes well, they're going to have to do something. I mean, they're going to have to do something to figure out what's going on with that 24
2: machine because uh, if they don't figure it out, it's going to be a three-man battle very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, and, and of course, uh, Sam's, as we mentioned, uh, you know, he, he led this thing really from the drop of the hat. And and actually, I need to edit that. Sam's is losing touch. Uh, he's in fourth place, 48 points back after Silver Bullet Speedway. Phil Grassman, 21 back, Daggett, 8 back from Max Stambaugh. Uh, coming out of silver bullets. So yeah, uh, Sam's is going to need, you know, we talked about at at Butler. He told me everybody's going to have a bad night and it all depends on when yours comes and man, his came at probably the worst time.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll have to say, I mean, he, they, he can go fast. I mean, they, if they can get that thing, he can get right back in it. You know, Stanball hasn't had any bad luck this year at all to speak of. He's been living in the top five every single week. So Is something going to happen to Max? Of course, we don't wish that on anybody. But uh, it seems like they all take their turn at having something go wrong. Uh, Maybe this is just a year for Max Stambaugh, and nothing goes wrong.
1: We'll have to see. To your point, and I don't mean to get into a Great Lake Super Sprint Series discussion, but to your point, Stambaugh has 15 races started, according to my race pass. 11 of those are top five finishes. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of knew that, because
2: every time I've seen him or heard you talk about him, it's in the top five. So... Uh, but it took him this long to get his first win, right, uh, of yeah, 2022. that's right. So we'll have to see great show
1: Zach Again. man how about it <laughs> Tuesday edition of Horsepower Happenings everything uh, peor- just don't mention it that's right you don't mention it you don't talk about a no hitter when it's in progress you don't talk about a successful podcast when it's in progress uh, but we do want to thank you for being patient with us this week as we get this episode of Horsepower Happenings up albeit delayed thanks to Jeffrey Erickson Jr. for his patience Evan Shotko for joining us right after practice and then of course the drivers over the weekend who made time for us back in the pits we appreciate them as well and of course we appreciate you for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. For Rich France, I'm Zach Eiser. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you at another race very soon.
0: You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com
3: and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.